I mean, I remember being like in in the car with him, uh, pregnant. I had to th- throw up, get out of the car, throw up, get back. I'm on the side of the road. My husband goes, "You good?" I'm like, "You good?" <laughs> That's what you say to your pregnant wife. And- <laughs> So you say to like a stranger moving a couch <laughs> that you don't want to help. That is the voice of Rachel Feinstein. This is such a good episode today. Oh my gosh. This is someone, Rachel is someone who I've known for so long uh, and is a riot. She's what comedians call a, a comics comic, which is to say... Uh, when she's on, comics come and watch who are at the club because she's just, she's always funny. Um, if you're able to see her on tour, by, by all means do it. You can see her coming up in uh, Austin, Texas, in Baltimore, in Jersey, in Milwaukee. She's all over the country. She's at Steel Sacks in Bethlehem, which I love. And while we're talking about tour dates, I should mention I'm going to be in Mesa, Arizona in a few weeks. And Salt Lake City, Utah, my brother Joe, is coming along to sell merch, but really to ski. Anyway, he'll be there. Joey Bag of Donuts. Uh, and then I'll be in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm doing new material. This is, Providence, Rhode Island is the first uh, show. It's the first week where I'm doing, like, sort of brand new material, working out new material. I put the sh- five shows up on sale. They, they sold out. The key thing here is... Um, Join the mailing list because if you're on the mailing list, you sign up on riverbigs.com, you will be the first to know. And, um, say, you know, so the same goes for like Indianapolis, for example. Um, there's a few tickets left. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin sold out right away. Um, there's going to be a Washington, D.C. announcement coming soon. Uh, so uh, look out for that. And maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, knock on wood, uh, London. So, Stay tuned on Burbigs.com for that. Today we have uh, Rachel Feinstein, one of my favorite comics. You might have seen her half-hour special on Netflix. You might have seen her in Trainwreck, which I was in, or on Crashing with our friend Pete Holmes and Judd Apatow. She's just hilarious. We have a blast today on the show. Enjoy my chat with Rachel Feinstein. I feel like I, I might be wrong about this, but I think I was at the audition for your husband from being your boyfriend to being your husband. Really? Do you remember? Wait, we were wait. in Montreal. Yeah. We went to lunch. It was like you and me and like yeah. Nikki Glaser. Yes, yeah. I do remember You this. were like figuring out like, oh, is this going to be a person I'm going to stick with or not? Yes, I don't know. I do remember this. Yes, yes. And Pete really liked you a lot. Yeah. He. You guys hit you, off. Did yeah. you have to, you... Do him on stage quite a bit. Yeah. It's a riot. You talk because he's a firefighter. Yeah. Which and he's emotionally inherently... like a desert, pretty worthless. <laughs> so I give him a lot of shit on stage. You ever, I'm going to butcher this, yeah. but it's like there's a point at which he calls you like bro or something. He where... calls me big guy. That's the name of my special. <laughs> that's his, that's the name of my special because that's his nickname for me. Big guy. He has a song he sings. And when I walk in the door, he goes, hey, she's my big guy. I can't take hey, it. Hey, she's my big guy. And like truly doesn't understand why I wouldn't want that to be my nickname. <laughs> like he's just, yeah. No, I trash him. I mean, I give him a lot of shit because, because it's like not a good look. Firemen, they're all heroes. Got it. Sure. It's not a good idea for them to live in the same place for like half the week. You think he comes home smarter? 
No, right, with no. like better ideas. Right. No, he comes home and like calls his wife big guy and right. thinks Osmosis I'm going to be into can that. work against you. Yeah. 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 They're just like, they're huddled together. They tried to make my wedding invitations at the firehouse. Now, I'm not like one of these wedding twats. I don't even know if that's a term, but <laughs> I don't care that much. But I'm like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, Vinny and I really worked on it all night. I think it's pretty solid, you know? It had like, he, he had like pictures of like Star Wars things on it and stuff like that. I was like, he's Your like, we did it in my wedding invitations. There's like 250 people at my wedding. I was like, no, we cannot, we can't send this out. Even I know this and I'm kind of an animal. Like, no, it's not acceptable. I don't even understand. Send out Darth Vader wedding invitations that you and Vinny and Dino at the firehouse cooked up together. You, the way you talk <laughs> about your husband is so extreme that I'm like, is that even real? Like you have a Costco thing where he bought a thing, like he- All of it. When I tell you, I know what you're talking about, but I t- and I talk about it on stage too because I couldn't believe it. I begged him, don't get me something from Costco. That's all I ask for Valentine's Day, for Christmas, not from Costco. He got me pajamas from Costco, which I put up a picture of them at the end of that video that said, had tickets on them that said, admit one. They were I, like Kirkland pajamas, okay? For for and I, This is the exact thing I told him not to get me. <laughs> Don't get me something from Costco. He got me Kirkland pajamas. You get those. It sends a strong sign. It's like saying, yeah, like I'm not ne- romantically interested in you. This is what I'd like you to wear to bed. And it's wearing like, it's like a thick, dense corduroy oh, curtain God. between us. Yeah. They were so cheap, they were crunchy. <laughs> and they had tickets on them that said, admit one. Like, he absolutely gave me pajamas from Costco. I'll text you the picture. Gave me a $50 Amazon gift card. Oh my God, no. For Valentine's Day when I was like, when I was pregnant. And I was like, no, no. the answer is just no. <laughs> the answer is no. No. And, and wrapped it, when I tell you, I'll send you again a text with this wrapping. He wraps presents like some sort of rat or something. There was a ball of like like crumpled up paper on top of the present with weird pieces of tape and stuff. I was like, what is this? He's like, yeah, looks like you might've tried to open that one. Oh my he tried God. to blame it on me as if I wouldn't know. I was like, no, I didn't. You, you wrapped it. You can't use me to lie about this. Like it looked like it had been attacked. Like there had been some sort of attack or fight around the present. Rips of paper open, clobs of like tape on top. I was like, was this wrapped by like a wolf with rabies? Oh my gosh. But again, I think he probably like wrapped, maybe wraps things at the firehouse. Something is missing. Yeah. There. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> something's not there. Did you have like the talk early in the relationship of like, I'm gonna talk about you on stage a lot? Here's the thing. Not only does he not care, Mike, he thinks that that's good because it's getting laughs. So right. it has made him worse. So when he sees the big guy right. bit, he's right. like, what? I fucking loved it. Oh and I'm like, no, they're laughing at you. It's at you. And he's like, no, come on. Got a nice pop right there. It was solid. Oh, oh they loved God. it. Come on. Doesn't understand like at all. Like he, and I'm like, but they're laughing at you. He doesn't care. He just likes that they are laughing. You know what I mean? Like doesn't care at all. You were saying on stage that, he he misses out when he's not at a fire. Okay. Oh yeah, they're he, obsessed with the fires. And he's like, yeah. he's like, oh, that was a good one. He's like, oh, gorgeous job, beautiful fire. You know, he 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 doesn't like to miss them. And then there's like competition. He'll get mad because this firehouse that was supposed to be our job. You know, come on, oh my it was God. a good barn. The place was blazing up. And he gives me quizzes about the fires in history. So we'll just be laying in bed. This is a regular occurrence in my home. He's like. 
tri-fi fire. And I'm like, first of all, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. He's like, come on, tri-fi, triangle fire. It's an important fire. And I'm like, why would I need to know the stats of a fire? Oh my God. But he reads about fires. I mean, they're obsessed. They're obsessed. Like he doesn't want to go to like a, you know, some lady thinks she smells gas. Husband answers the door, embarrassed. Those right. are the calls he complains about. Right. Some, you know, some lady thinks she smells gas. Right. His husband answers the door, he's embarrassed. We go in their boats. Apparently it's just some old fish they had in the apartment, you oh know? God. He's like, I thought we were going to get to go to a good job oh today. God. Nice 1075, you know, like nice he burner. He wants like everyone on fire. The, the whole family on yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. <laughs> Literally the nightmare of all of our lives, of which all is of all lives. of us being, any of us being in a fire. Yeah. That's what he relishes. Yes. And they're first due. So they see it all like right away because their response time is faster. So they, he's always like, what do we do? We do the ABC. By the way, he drills me on this. Why would I need to know this? Like, I'm going to go do an A10 at the cellar. He's always like, what do we do? ABC. Airways, breathing. Like, I can't remember the last one. I think it's circulation. I don't know. Somebody correct me in the comments. I don't know. But yeah, he's always like ABCs. But basically the first three things that happen, they stabilize until, you know. But there's a lot of drills at our home at all the time. He's like, all right. Find me the windows. And I'm like, no. <laughs> find like, somebody else will find the windows. He's always like, he's always like, what was the roof like if I go someplace? I'm like, I don't know. I don't look at roofs. But he thinks about buildings all the time because he's thinking about how would he approach a building if it was on fire? Like, like if I come down the stairways, he'll be like, open interior stairwell, go to bed. I'm like, for me, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Right. I prefer an elevator. But like, <laughs> you right. know? like he always is giving me these never ending fire drills. Oh my gosh. He's like, fire prep. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> when you, so you're, that you have, such, you have such an unusual foray into starting comedy because your parents weren't ashamed of it. Like your parents were no. like seemingly supportive. Yeah. How about and you? Your Were your parents supportive? No. No. No, no. My dad. Well, it's funny because your dad is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Your mom. Wait, your mom. My dad was a civil rights lawyer. And my mom, um, now he plays blues and he teaches civil rights law. He, oh. He prosecuted a lot of like, you know, KKK cases and, and hate crimes and things like that. Wow. My mom is a social worker that just retired like a week ago. Oh, wow. Um, But she, you know, they're both like aggressively like liberal social action. My mom's always like outside with like a sign she made about diversity that no one asked for. (laughs) Like she's always outside with just like something like diversity now or something like doing like a jazzercise lunge on like a corner somewhere, you know? Yeah, my mom is like, and so that my parents were very much just like, you know, they had should have had more follow-up questions about right. pretty much everything I did. But they were just generally supportive. Because my parents were like, they were very confused by the idea of becoming yes. a comedian. They didn't understand it. Your parents were like, fine with it. I think in school, like when I was growing up, they were all worried about me because I was like failing so badly and everything. But in terms of my career choices, yeah, they were just like, first of all, like, Mike, like they didn't know that. I mean, I had no, nothing else on the horizon. So I was oh, violently failing in school. Oh, interesting. I didn't go to, I wasn't going to go to college. Everybody agreed, like, she's not going to get in anywhere. Right. There's no supply and demand. <laughs> There's a real supply and demand. So you were like rock me. bottom in high school. Rock bottom. Were you like, failing? Yes, like barely graduating. You'd get, a, just to be clear, you would get a report card and it would have like D's, D's and F's. No. And like some C's, like just enough C's to pass with, <laughs> with, with like, you know, like I had to go to summer school and all the rest of it. And yeah, so like I, 
barely graduated. You would look at a report card and it would be like, biology, D minus. Like, that's what it would say? Always, yes. Really? Yeah. yeah no, and so was, what did you think when you were in high school? What were you like, what am I going to do? I was terrified. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's going to be some kind of gray garden situation at best for me. Like, I didn't know, you know, like I, I could barely um, – Function. I just had like debilitating ADD where I was just losing everything. I mean, you saw even the way I walked into this room, like <laughs> yeah. I could see you were just like, it was a lot, you know? That was me, but a times like a thousand. There's always a like a bag and like a yeah, food yeah, and a fork. And a little yeah. weight, yeah. It's too much debris, just right. like it's a lot. It's a lot. Sweet yeah. green bag. Yeah. Like I've, I often <laughs> spill things on other people. Like somebody was like, it was great to see you, but I think you got like grape juice on me. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like that happens a lot. No, I'm, 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 like, I'm similar. Similar though, like one really? when Atsuko Akatsuko was on, she, she noticed that at the beginning of the interview, I fell into this chair into the wall. <laughs> She's like, "That's what happened." Just so everyone listening knows, that's what happened before this interview started. And then, like, I got up and I'm like, "All right, let's go." You know, I, I feel like that's fundamentally like there's a group of us comedians, not all of us, but there's a group of us comedians yes. who are just kind of a mess. Yes. And then we figure out how to bottle it into a thing and bring it on stage and be like, "Here's what happened." Yes. Absolutely, that's me. For I mean, I, I, my hair would be dripping down my back sometimes to school. Like I would just have like a dripping back. Like, it what was, do you mean dripping? Dripping with what? Water? Water? Like I would be able to dry myself <laughs> properly, and then I would just go to school dripping down my dumb back. <laughs> then they call me wet back at school, and my mom thought they were using like racial slurs. So you can imagine my parents; they were like up in arms. But I was like, no, my back's wet. My back is wet. Yeah. I, yeah, like always, there's, I'm always dripping. Like I'm always literally like, like when I put, when I walked in, I was like, well, let me check my bag. Cause I was like, I don't want to stain his couch. Cause there's always oh something gosh. leaking, you know, like there's just, things are very much awry. Yeah. I yeah. think that's one of the complex things about being a comedian is that, is that people are like, ha ha ha. That's so funny how you're talking about this. And you're like, yeah, I have to go home and, and live in that. And live inside of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you're joking about your husband like getting you like a fifty dollar gift card for at Costco for <laughs> Valentine's Day, and then in three days that's what you're gonna get. That's what I'm gonna get, <laughs> if that. Yeah. Yes. Like he got me like for for um, Christmas, he got me like an extra large North Face jacket. And I was like, <laughs> when if I? Yeah. Like he's like he doesn't even know my size yet. No, it was just that. Um, and and he write he'll write the cards when he writes inside of a card he'll be like wife comma and I'm like maybe just Rachel Rach perhaps oh or even big guy might be better than just oh wife comma <laughs> you know he'd be like wife, wife comma wife. you do the best he writes cards like the way like a kid's giving a book report he'll be like well first it all started when we just met then we got married like oh that, that you know now there's a babe I'm like yeah I was there for all of that <laughs> you don't actually need to fill me in on those three chapters he was like and now why here we are oh my yeah. gosh yeah he's emotionally pretty um, decrepit and he would agree with that heartily Working It Out is brought to you in part by GameTime.co. That's not GameTime.com. I don't know. That's a whole other thing. GameTime.co is a, a site where you can get the best tickets for events, sports events, concerts. This is a thing that I'm obsessed with. I don't know about you, but I'm very experience-based, especially if I'm bringing my family. I just want to make sure that the seats are good and I can see everything. And 
I just think this is a great site. It's an amazing interface, last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue. Lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code WIO. That's for working it out. That's WIO for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code WIO for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Working It Out is supported by Masterclass. We are thrilled to be supported by Masterclass. It's a streaming platform that makes it possible for anyone to watch or listen to hundreds of video lessons taught by more than 150 of the world's best. So, for example, Working It Out listeners might be interested in filmmakers or writers like David Sedaris, Issa Rae, Martin Scorsese, Warner Herzog, Malcolm Gladwell, and more. Margaret Atwood teaches creative writing. Amy Tan teaches fiction, memory, and imagination. That sounds fantastic. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode, or in the app, or on their site, the quality speaks for itself. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash burbigs. Masterclass.com slash burbigs. Offer terms apply. So I'm curious because, like, a lot of creatives, a lot of, like, uh, people who write, listen to the show, it's like, how do you go from being the mess that you describe yourself as in high school to where you are now, which is, like, you have comedy specials, you're touring comic, you're like, great. And it's like, how do you get from there to there? You know, I I found something I love to do like you, but in my head, I am unwell. <laughs> okay. I am doing my best. You know what I mean? It's like, takes a cocktail of things to prop me up to function. You know, just like I'm trying, but in my head, you know, it's like when you just said all that, I'm like, bullshit. Like, I, you know, I, I only see what I haven't done. So I'm like, yeah, I sold a special, but that's only because. Like, I've always, I always have an excuse in my head about, like, why I accomplished really? A, B, or C. I try to combat those voices and go to therapy and work on myself and do yeah. all that stuff. But, you know, in in my head, when you have a large crowd and everybody's laughing and there's, that, you know, one guy with his arms Fold is just like, eh, just like not really quite buying it. Like yeah. that's the one I believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm working on, like it's never ends, but it's, and especially as a mother, and I start all my sentences that way. I just go <laughs> as a mother and then I just kind of pass out drunk. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't want to pass that down, but yeah, I mean, it, it does something. Everybody has their own stuff. So many comics have so much worse situations than I had. But yeah. when you are the kid in school, like I had two parents that loved me, but when you're that kid in school that everybody's just like, what in God's name is wrong with this girl? Yeah. Like I was getting scanned, rescanned. I mean, brain scans, everything. Like that doesn't ever really go away. Like when I even smell a school now, it brings me back to just all like the testing, the meetings, just like, I feel like there was probably graphs about me. Oh my like, gosh. You know what I'm Wait, saying? you're telling me that you were doing so poorly in school that you were getting brain scans? I got brain scans, yes. Really? Brain scans. There was suction cups. Yeah, there was, I was suction cupped. Wow. 
Um, they thought it was, they were, I fainted a lot when I was a kid oh my and God. they thought my fainting was connected to my, my stupidity. And so I know there's a better word for it, <laughs> but my mom, I remember my parents talking about, well, she's like, well, maybe the fainting is the reason that she's failing. Maybe they're all connected, oh my gosh. you know? And she's like, well, we got to get to the bottom of this. How are you fast? You know? Oh so they would be up trying to figure it out. And they thought maybe that was why I couldn't learn. They thought I had something called figure ground disorder where you can't tell the difference between one person's voice in a sea. You can't hear one person out of a sea of voices, you know? And so she's like, she's got figure ground. You know, oh it's always good to have a therapist parent because they're just watching me constantly, like taking notes, you know? Yeah. Like when you give therapy, you do something called give a process report, which my mother explained to me when I was like six or something oh, wow. or five. After your sessions, you write down everything, I guess you remember about the session or my mom did at this time. So I remember- my mom loves to tell this story fondly. She's like, well, Rachel was so funny because we would have an argument over something or something I didn't want her to wear to school. And then she would write her own processing report about it. And she would say on the top, processing report. And it would be mommy, Rachel, mommy, Rachel. And she'd write the whole conversation. And we just thought that was so funny. And I'm like, and why did I know what that was? Wow. <laughs> you know. But so like she would tell me about like all this stuff. You, know? you used to do that when you were six? She said when I was six, I would write processing reports and leave them in my bed. So, yeah. Well, since you're, that's a funny thought because it's <laughs> like, that because that's a lot of what uh, comedy is in a certain sense, the processing report. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I didn't know what a processing report was until you said it just now. I didn't ever heard of yeah, that. I mean, I mean, but it sort of is that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you, you go through your day yeah. and you write down sort of things that occurred and yeah. then you try to find something humorous in it. I never really thought about that like the way you said it. But yeah, it's like this little bin where we place everything that doesn't quite fit or that still irks us. Like yeah. I do, I'm very grateful for stand-up for a lot of reasons, but like also just the fact that I have that place. So like when something insane or humiliating happens to yeah. me, it's immediately could be my closer. Oh, of course. So it's like, oh, it's it's it changes pretty immediately into like a, a, a gift, potential gift. So I have a place I can put it right away. What's in my the head. thing that in your life, because I talk in my show about how I write in my journal every night, like what makes me angriest or saddest? Mm. What makes you angry day to day? You have, ang you have anger streak? I don't get like scream and yell, but yeah, I feel like my act, because a lot of people are always like, um, wait, your husband really does that? Like, are you okay? Like, so yeah, I'm obviously furious about all of these things. The Amazon gift card, yeah, the Costco pajamas, all of it. I'm angry about it. All of it. Like, you know, everything I talk about on stage, I'm like, you know, like I've, I'm furious. I'll be like, I remember like, you know, I mean, I mean, these are all bits in my act, because it's funny. It's hard even for me to tell stories because they're because I'm a storyteller, so all yeah. of it is like ends up on stage. But like, he'll be like, I'm meaning it's hard for me not to repeat material yeah. because, but like, he'll be like, um, I'm like, do I look okay? You know, and we were going to this big FDMY, like, you know, dinner dance or even at on my wedding day. And he always goes, bringing it. I'm like, oh my like, God. Yeah, this <laughs> is what you it. say to a running back, you know, like, <laughs> not your wife on her wedding day. But like, so that will infuriate me. You know, but then I go and I talk about it on stage. So he infuriates me. Of course, I love him, but he infuriates me regularly, you know, pretty much daily. Bringing it. Yeah, his response is, I mean, I remember being like in in the car with him, uh, pregnant. I had to th throw up, get out of the car, throw up, get back. I'm on the side of the road. My husband goes, you good? I'm like, you good? <laughs> That's what you say to your pregnant wife? And 
What? So you say to like a stranger moving a couch <laughs> that you don't want to help. He's like, you good? Oh you know, God. like, and that's the other thing with being with like a first responder is that like they don't, they don't register like a normal, you know, they're the people that are supposed to show up checked out when somebody is emotional, right? Yeah. But that comes, that extends everywhere. So it's like, you know, the moments where I might need like a hand on a back or something, you know, when you listen to like forensic files and somebody will call like 911 and this, she's like, he's chasing me, like he's got a knife. And they're like, ma'am, ma'am, right. your address, <laughs> oh <my> ma'am. <laughs> That's what it feels like to be married to a first responder. You know ma'am, what I mean? Ma'am. Yeah, it's ma'am, ma'am, your address. You're good? Wait, but I want to close this loop, which is, because <laughs> you describe yourself being a mess in high school and then you have this great comedy career and it's like, how did you get? How did you convince yourself to get on stage when you moved to New York when you were like 17, 18 years old? How did you convince yourself to do it? I um, this is like the hardest place in the world to do stand up. It is scary to do stand up. I like, I had a vague idea that I wanted to um, to do comedy to do something with character. So I knew I wanted to do something, some comedy thing. And I was at a bar, and I met a comedian at that bar. This guy Matt Graham, very funny comic. Um, and uh, he introduced me to Karen Burgreen as well. And oh, yeah. They were, they were running like a room at a bar, which since I heard like- I, um, remember, I remember Matt Graham. He was a, wasn't he a Scrabble champion? Yes. He was. He won like second and world Scrabble championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, just like a rare genius. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, um, her, Matt, Karen Burgreen, a few other comedians, they were running like a, a show. Um, and I went up on that show. And, and I said, can I do, you know, stand up? And I remember that day being at my nanny job, like just scared all day, like just like inventing any excuse not to do it. Like I was trying to come up with this weird, I was just running, racing through just different lies that I could tell, which included fire. I remember saying like, what if there was a fire? What if I could say there was a fire somewhere? Like, you know, so I was like, oh, maybe there'll be a fire and I can't like, I needed a reason that I couldn't do it so much, you know, and then, and when I went on stage, I was terrified um, and very much regretted it for like my decision to do it. Not really? In, before in the moment, on, yeah. I regretted that I'd agreed to do this. Oh, right. And then when I went on stage, I had so much fun, didn't realize that I was bombing like terribly. What was the name of the place? <laughs> it was called Prowl. It was like a bar on the Upper East Side. Okay. And, um, and I remember being on stage thinking like, um, this is amazing. Like I thought afterwards, I was like, well, I guess I'll be getting some offers after this. <laughs> people are going to be castings. Gonna, they're going to need me for casting. I was like, how soon do I tell the people I like work for that I probably can't pick up their kid tomorrow because I'm oh a God. fucking star? And then afterwards I found out that um, not only did I bomb pretty, pretty badly, but I was a <laughs> real problem on the show. Like the microphone great. was like up in front of my face this like this. It was like obstructing my face. So it was like, I was sitting there like this. It was just pointed like north. I was so excited and the adrenaline was so out of control that they probably couldn't hear me really. I mean, the microphone was this just like this so in front of my face. And I was just like doing characters and leaping around. <laughs> God knows what, you know? Like when are the offers coming in? Answering questions no one asked me. I was like, I was just like, when did I know that I was spat? And it's like, no one at, you know, I was like the early years. Oh, here, you know, like, I'm like, well, yeah. I was singing songs. My grandma sa sang to me as a kid with no context. I was like, your smile is my oh, umbrella. And everybody was just confused. And then I remember they had to wave me off stage because I went like eight minutes over or something insane. And then Karen 
ran a room. She ran like a bringer show. Yes. And she was like, do you want to do my bringer show? And I think that she was probably just like, she's going to get scolded pretty heavily. I'm assuming. I can't speak for her about tonight. Maybe by that time, she'll know that she has to be under five minutes or whatever. Um, she just, bringer shows are when you have to bring a few people and then you're allowed to perform. So yeah. she, that was not any, she didn't offer me that out of, um, I'm sure, out of any admiration of whatever shit show just happened on stage. But she was probably just like, maybe she'll clean this up and, you know, she could do a bringer or something. Or maybe she felt sorry for me. I don't know. But I, but thank God I, I got to go on after that. That's like the perfect description of doing stand-up for the first time typically. Because I feel like the whole thing with stand-up is- your thing like? Well, yeah. it's the same thing. It's like, didn't it didn't go well- I think I always say you have to be delusional to start out and yeah, stand you up. Do. You have to convince yourself it's going well when it's really not going well. Because otherwise, you would never do it again. You would just be like, I guess human beings don't like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. This is called the slow round. So one of the questions is like, a lot of it's memories. Like, do you have a nickname growing up that was like really good or really bad? Let me think. Um, my brothers called me Ray, but but uh, when I was really little, I bought this. Um, my mom got me this uh, purple and gray jumpsuit that I thought was real cool. And it said she was an aerobics teacher as well at the time. And it said workout exclamation point yeah, on yeah. it. I remember when I got, I was like, things are going to change after I <laughs> start wearing this. So I was in. like, yeah, my life's going <laughs> to, things are going to take a sharp left after this. Like, And so I remember going to school in that like green and purple like uh, jumpsuit. And it said workout. And I was just like, the boys will start kind of, people right. will start noticing. And I just remember walking down the hallway and some guys like, work out. And then they all started saying that to me. They would just call me workout, oh you know, because God. of that. And then I, I probably threw in the trash after that. But oh I thought it was going to be like the new tide in my life. Workout. Um, so, yeah, they would all call me workout for a little bit at school, like workout girl or whatever. Everybody just thought this sweatsuit was so dumb. And it was like, I was, I remember so excited when I opened it. I was like, I'm going to be hot as shit now. Do you have like an early, like what's your earliest memory being a kid? I don't know if this is my earliest actual memory, but I remember doing a face very little, something called the bagel face. And I remember everybody asking for it. So I remember the attention I got for that. So bagel face would be like making a big Some o weird o face, maybe mouth? it was an O. I don't remember the face itself, but I do remember like in kindergarten, maybe first grade, somebody being like, do the bagel face, you know? Oh, and wow. I do remember that high off, like, I can do this thing and, like, get some attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I do remember people asking for the bagel face pretty young. <laughs> and I was like, you know, get off my dick. I'll do the bagel face. Yeah, yeah. But no, I remember liking it, honestly. I remember being like, okay, I do this face, this thing. And that was exciting. Can you remember a... Uh, First friend you, this is a question my brother Joe asked. I think it's a good question. You remember the first friend you made as an adult, like after you moved to New York? Yes, yes, I do. I was so excited because I wanted a friend so bad in New York. And I used to go out and just like sit alone at like restaurants, you know, like just like hoping to have an interaction. Wow. Yeah, I would go sometimes sit at the bar because I was like, first of all, how do people have the money to have full meals? I'd be sitting at the bar. I was like, who are these people? They're in New York and they're sitting in restaurants and they can like afford the like the tip. Like I used to bounce checks to like, I bounced like a check to somebody's like wedding once. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so I just sit at the bar and like 
maybe get a coffee or like a Sprite. Right after I would get off my nanny job, I would go and like either I would go straight to like Rainbow and spend my $280 for that week or whatever it was, or I would go and sit at, at some kind of restaurant like on the What's Rainbow? side. It's like a dumb, like, it's like Daffy's. It's okay. just like Marshall's basically. Okay. Just like um, I would try to find some sort of whoring thing I could wear to get a guy or something. I would sit at the, I faint, my, my plans were very faint. I would sit at a bar and I would just talk to somebody, get either like a drink or, you know, a coffee or something and hope I could have an interaction. And then I got this other job at this place called Star Magic on Broadway. And they sold like little stones and crystals and things like that. And this guy that I work with, um, he was, uh, he was in drag a lot and um, his drag name was Kenny Wonder. And he would take me, he was so funny and he would make me laugh so much. We were always in trouble at work for talking. He would do this impression of Nancy Drew. It was a narrator and being, but Nancy was like a whore in his impression. So it would be like the Nancy Drew mysteries, but he'd be like, Nancy was shawl. It was this cockeyed like narrator. He'd be like, Nancy was shawl when she went through the courtyard. But Something was awry. The Bobsey twins had let out some crumbs and it looked like there'd been a crime that had happened there. But she got distracted and ended up on her hands and knees as oh Nancy God. often did. Oh, my God. And so every story, Nancy would just be distracted by Dick or in some way, but she'd yeah. be about to solve a crime that she'd be like, but she knew at the end of the day what she wanted was one thing, to lay down in the bed and be punished. Uh. So she would, we would read these stories back and forth. He came up with this idea and I had never in my life like met anybody like funnier or more creative yeah. I was just like this guy is fascinating and he had friends like he had a real New York life you know he had a drag show that he would bring me to and all this stuff yeah he was hilarious and one wow. of the first like performers so in New York that I met yeah and we were always in trouble but those friends are so fun the ones you're always that. in trouble with yeah <laughs> Working It Out is brought to you in part by Liquid IV. We're thrilled to have him as a sponsor. You don't need to be an athlete to need extra hydration through your day. Sometimes you forget to drink water. So it's, it's perfect for that. It's great for me because I, I really have to stay hydrated and it's great for long travel days, which is so much of my, uh, my touring life. There's a very popular product among the staff of Working It Out. My brother Joe said, it's a great alternative to coffee in the afternoon when I want to pick me up. It's sweet, but it's only got 45 calories. It's a great thing to have in the office. Grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free, in bulk, nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WORKING for working it out. WORKING is the word, W-O-R-K-I-N-G at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop. Better hydration today using promo code WORKING. Working It Out is brought to you in part by Helix Mattresses. Helix is uh, our original sponsor. I want to say they were our first or second sponsor ever in the Working It Out history three years ago. Uh, it's an awesome company. They make phenomenal mattresses. The new one that we're, we, I wanted to tell you about is called the Helix Elite. They've harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers an elevated sleep experience the Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. 
Every Helix Elite mattress comes with a 15-year manufacturer's warranty and the same 100-night trial as the rest of Helix mattresses. Working it out, listeners, uh, get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. For our working out listeners, go to helixsleep.com slash perbigs, promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it will not last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. So this is called, this is a section we do called From the Notebook, and it's just sort of like working out new material. And mm-hmm. um, this is tied to, we, you and I were both in Trainwreck, Amy Schumer, our friend Amy Schumer's movie, and I played Brie Larson's. A major role in it, yeah. I played Brie Larson's husband, and every once in a while, people will remember that this happened, and they are angry. Like, they'll see the movie on TV, and they will go on the internet, and they'll be uh, very angry. They'll write, Mike Birbiglia is Brie Larson's husband? In (laughs) what? It's ridiculous. I know. They're like, in what? This is a real quote, direct quote. In what universe? And I'm like, uh, a movie? Like, do people do people understand they're watching a movie and that I am a person who is on social media a lot? <laughs> and you didn't even use my character's name. It's Tom, no last name. <laughs> no, that fucking you have to talk about on stage because it's so funny. Do you think so? Yes, because it's such a popular thing that people are always like, so this wouldn't, whatever. Like a lot of things like in the guise. Drives me nuts. And it's one of those things that like in the guise of like feminism or whatever, like you end up being like weirdly like hurtful, which is which is hurtful initially, like so many funny things, but hilarious. You know what it's I mean? Absurd. You have to talk about that on stage. You, that is so, because it's so true. It's like, I mean, it's it's such a funny thing that people are like, yeah, yeah I was there. And and it's false too. Yeah. Right. I, I yeah. also wrote down, it's worth noting the film Don't was directed. Don't think you're like some trailblazer for, <laughs> yeah, like so, for body acceptance because I'm here reading the comments and I'm unwell. Yeah. It's fairly funny. I wrote, um, I think it's worth noting the film was directed by Judd Apatow, who's married to Leslie Mann in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, you the, have to tell it. But also, also like, it's interesting to people because it's behind. It's like something that really you did and shot and yeah, right. It's funny. And also, like I wrote down this thing, like in a general sense. A lot of times with jokes, I feel like you sort of zoom out and zoom in and zoom out and zoom in, and just find, kind of mm-hmm. like find what the funny part is. But I think like a possible exploration area is that like this idea that you can't punch above your weight class in terms of looks is kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it happens constantly. Yeah. Right? Of course. Like like, like, like I did it. Like my yeah. wife is much more attractive than I am. So I always say like I married up and she's always very generous. She always says she married up and it's the nice thing to do. It's like the right, right it's the right thing to say. Well, and we were, we were with another couple one day and we were like, we met, married up. And they go, uh, we married down. And we were like, you shouldn't be a couple. Wait, they said we married yeah. down? They both it, said it, what what we, was their reasoning? They both said, we, the, they both said, I think I married down about themselves. <laughs> I know it was very awkward. It's a very awkward <laughs> conversation. I know it's brutal. I know, isn't that brutal? 
I, I've never been able to make a joke about it because it is it's one of those things we were talking about this earlier. Sometimes <laughs> something in your life is so strange. You can't even come up with a no, joke that's funnier like than that. than what like, happened. Yeah, than what actually happened. Do you feel like you married up? I do. I mean, look, technically, yes. Okay. <laughs> he's the better looking has. person. I had a joke about this on stage because he's the better, like emotionally, no, I bring more to the table. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I win like every round in therapy. I'm just winning, winning oh all over the map. Yeah. Because he Which, also doesn't argue. Like the therapist was like, I'll be like, yeah, you know, he, he, you know, I ask him if he can just try to say these certain thoughtful things or maybe like a, a goddamn compliment or something like that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I'll be like, and, and the therapist will be like, and this is one of the reasons I probably like fell for him because the honesty is like so refreshing and strange. I've never seen likes of it really. They'll be like, oh, have you ever experienced that before, Pete, that, you know, a woman has been felt with you or in other relationships or situations kind of a sort of on their own <laughs> emotionally um, or that you haven't been thoughtful. He's like, oh yeah, everybody says that. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, they all say, like, I'm not thoughtful. And like, it's like a certain kind of like, uh, like they're, they're, they're alone in it. Yeah, like that thing, right? Oh my God. So like, he doesn't argue. Like he'll tell you the truth. Oh now, God. part of that is acutely painful, but he doesn't. He, Have you it, done that? No, I should. Maybe yeah, I should yeah, yeah you should write that stage. down. Yeah. No, that's yeah. super funny. They're like, have you ever experienced this before? Like, and you, you, you know, I can think the therapist is waiting for his side a lot of times. Like, she kind of stops <laughs> and she's like, this is therapy. And then he gets to tell his version of events, but he's clipped. <laughs> So he's like, oh yeah, yeah, everybody says that. Like oh I'm like God. not there for them, like emotionally, and I'm oh kind of just like uh, like vacant, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's he'll a just riot. Agree. You should like, do that this weekend. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that goes straight straight in the act. That goes. That's right to stage. Um, do you have anything that's like a half premise, half idea in your notebook that you're kicking around? Let me look right here. I do. I will say this is yeah. This is very very half thought out, but um um. My mother-in-law is um, very worried about my house cleaning, you okay. know, that I don't clean well or properly. Okay. So I have like, I hire a housekeeper now because like I'm on the road a lot, you know? And so um, she's uh, wept about this. Um, Wep? Yeah, she's worried Pride. about it. Yeah. She's wow. like, you know, she's like, Peter comes home, there is nothing on the tables. There is nothing. Oh my you know, God. like she was like, he comes home, there is, there's nothing on the, out on the table. Like, he comes home, and he's like, a mess. And like, well, it's either there's not enough cooking, which oh. I cook, but when I'm, obviously when I'm gone, I can't. But, you know, she So like, she wants you to be like a 1950s housewife. And she thinks wife. he would bang a potato against his head if I wasn't there, like <laughs> making him something, like frying him something. <laughs> she's like, he comes, and she's frantic. Like, oh she's gosh. like, he comes home, then what can he have? Like, what will he do? Like, oh he'll just gosh. drool and st stand still. That is great. <laughs> And still be throbbing with hunger. And then the father brought me over a cleaning magazine. Wow. Um, a cleaning, I didn't even know there was a cleaning, a cleaning magazine. I didn't know that was magazine? like a thing. I don't know if it was an insert, but it was something about cleaning. At the time, I was furious and I threw it out. But later, I was like, that was pretty funny. Now that I think about it, I might be able to talk about it on stage. Yeah, I'd Because he's like, and he doesn't know he's not supposed to repeat all the shit people talk about me. So he'll be like, yeah, apparently they say, you know, you should be cleaning more, you know? And that's probably Oh, my a, God. <laughs> and then he's oh my like, God. I brought you something, you know? And you got little different stuff in there, like, you know, lemon stuff and like Lysol and stuff. It gives you some tips, you know? Apparently, they say that's why you... Oh you know, when Peter gets mad, that's probably why. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he'll often, often repeat stuff. that I'm like, Joe, you weren't supposed to tell me that. Everybody talks this specific shit about me. But um, a lot of it is about my cleaning. Wow. That and is deep. That's a deep cut. 
It is. They're really going for the jugular. It's like so personal. Like, because really, like, what you're describing is like, no one should ever be, not your in laws. No one. Even your own parents shouldn't be criticizing, like, how clean your house is. You know, like, I mean, it's insanity. It's like like I say in my show, it's like having a rave at a bakery, like having a child that young. Yeah, I mean, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's insanity. It's just like, it's just like dough and sparkles. And everyone's like, do you have water? You know? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I mean, she just, I I also have a very um, different joke about toddlers at that certain age where, they empty every room like they're looking for blow. Like she just, like she'll just turn out a room like she has 24 hours to leave the country before like a drug dealer shoots her in the face. Okay, so the final thing we do is working it out for a cause. And uh, I know you do a lot of work with this, uh, with a firefighters organization and we're going to, we're going to contribute to them. What, can you tell me what they do? Lovely. Um, that's so lovely you do that. So I do a lot of work and I'm on the board of this charity called Friends of Firefighters and they offer free mental health counseling wellness services to all FDNY active duty members and their families. Because like whenever you work with a first responder, um, this is for firemen, firefighters and and uh, the EMS specifically, um, they're going to serve EMS soon as well. They're expanding. But the whole family lives with all the trauma that the yeah. these guys see. I mean, I joke about it a lot of my acts, yeah, but a course. lot of these emotional, it's like everybody kind of lives with all of this stuff. So what's really cool about them is that they give um, all kinds of free services and they're right in downtown Brooklyn. And, and, and if, you, if you're married to a fireman, have any firefighter in your um, family, you can go there and get um, free therapy, um, all kinds of things, free, free acupuncture, massage, all kinds of oh, wow. lovely things. So they're really amazing. And I'm going to do... Um, I'm going to tape my special soon, and um, for the taping, a portion of the proceeds are also going to go to Friends of Firefighters, and we're going to um, raise money. Uh, and and also, if you're a first responder, first responder um, family, um, you know, send a picture of yourselves in your in your firefighter shirt. If you ever guys, if you guys ever want to send it to me, to uh, DM me on Instagram, send it through my website um, with the release. We'll also I'll post and share all of those too. I like to Amazing. share other stuff for different first responders and their families and stuff like it's that. So nice. It's uh, friendsoffirefighters.org and uh, and I'll I'll contribute to them. The show will contribute to them. We'll link to them in the show notes and. Uh, and April seventh and eighth is my is my taping. So oh, um, there'll be a lot of firefighters there. From New York, we're going to do a lot of stuff throughout the whole weekend for for um, for friends of firefighters. So like, uh, sell their merch there. People are going to give away different free things, and so um, great. I figured may as well do something fun while I'm taping my special. And where's the taping? And that's at the Midnight Theater. Okay. And April seventh and eighth, so tickets are going to go up um, by the time this this uh, airs. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm thrilled that you came on. It's you're one of the people who I feel like you should ha- you should hire someone to. Walk behind you with a with a notebook, like writing down all the things you say because you're like a well of material. I just, I, I just think you're a riot. And thanks for coming on. Working it out, cause it's not done. Working it out, cause there's no. That's gonna do it for our episode with Rachel Feinstein. Um, you can follow her on at Rachel Feinstein underscore. <laughs> That's catchy. Rachel Feinstein underscore on Instagram. 
She's great on Instagram. She's uh, got great clips on there. She is she's just a ride. If you can see her in your town, by all means, go do it. Thanks for listening today. And by the way, thank you for uh, all your uh, user ratings and things. Uh, we're, uh, we're coming up on our 100th episode in June. And and we we never would have been able to get here without the support of you listening to the show and writing little comments on Apple Podcasts. That's how people find out about it, who don't know about the show. So we appreciate it. The producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Joseph Berbiglia and Peter Salamone, associate producer Mabel Lewis, consulting producer Seth Barish, assistant producers Gary Simons and Lucy Jones, sound mix by Shub Sarin, supervising engineer Kate Belinsky, special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall, as well as David Raphael and Nina Quick. My consigliere is Mike Berkowitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff and Bleachers for their music. Special thanks to my wife, the poet J-Hope Stein. Her book, Little Astronaut, is in bookstores now. Special thanks, as always, to my daughter, Una, who built the radio fort made of pillows way back when, almost three years ago. We're, we're, we're almost at the 100th episode of this podcast, which is completely absurd. We could have never imagined this. And uh, we have some really exciting guests coming up. Like, really, really, really exciting guests. I'm not even going to give hints to who I'm talking about. But really exciting. So you're going to want to stay tuned. Thanks most of all to you who are listening. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your local firefighters. Stop by the station. Hey, fellas. Ladies. While you're waiting here for at the station for a fire, an exciting fire... Maybe put on a, a podcast where a comedian works out comedic ideas and stories with friends. Big guy. Hey, big guy. <laughs> See you next time, everybody.